definitely human. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, the podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 25. It's summer and we're here for mum chat. <laughs> so we just listened to 21 and 22. I think I got it all pretty spot on. What do you think? Yes, not too bad at all. I think you're, as I said before, you're learning. Learning for Evs. Um, there's never a dill moment, is there? <laughs> no. What was the other bit? Eat, drink, and rosemary. Eat, drink, and be rosemary. Yeah, be rosemary. <laughs> dad loved a pun, didn't he? That he was the did. dad's he sense did. of humour. And it's been passed on to Harry and you. Begrudgingly to me, yeah. <laughs> Harry's very good with it, isn't Harry's he? He's very quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so with the onion harvest, somebody actually messaged me this morning and said that somebody they knew grew onions and they plat them together. So we could do that. We could have a little platting sesh. Well, if you remember in your storybooks, there was always in days of yesteryear, you'd have a Frenchman in his beret going around on a bicycle with platted onions around his neck and he was selling them door to door. So he wore the blue and white striped T-shirt. Breton yeah, Breton yeah. Stride. And he was weighed down with onions and he had them on the handlebars of his bike and he would go around to the south of England selling them. Oh, that'll be me. <laughs> um, rounding up the sheep in the field, how did I do with that? Very well. You still had a herd of sheep though rather than a flock. Oh my God, did I say that? Yeah, oh no, I'm not learning then. <laughs> oh, devastated. Yes, a herd of sheep, yes. a flock of thing, sheep. You were feeding the pigeon barley it's actually wheat is it yes because we sold the last of the wheat and i got nigel to fill up that big blue bin with wheat before we sent the last of it to mm. um, the animal feed place okay fine wheat the chickens are getting so cheeky and spoiled aren't they this morning you went in and they weren't happy with a handful of wheat they were screaming at you where's something yeah. sweet and tasty and i took them up a bit of melon yeah where's the melon where's the courgette where's the cucumber and where's the grapes yeah. And the caravanners have been feeding them as well because they see that I leave out, like Kate's been growing these giant marrows. So we've been sort of splitting them in half and putting them outside for all the chickens to peck at. And I've been finding melon rinds, bunches of grapes. People are feeding them so much that they're not even eating it all at once. When I let them out yesterday morning, um, there were still grapes in the grass that they sort of oh. discovered and oh, breakfast. So off they went. They're not big on um, tomatoes and oranges though, are they? Or red pepper, yeah. Or red pepper. <laughs> <laughs> 
They like lettuce, though. Bell pepper, yeah, they love lettuce. You weren't very happy with me because I turned a corner of the chicken run outside into a bit of a mud pit. Yeah, you went up there with your fork and you turned over all this grass and now they're digging for Australia. (laughs) They absolutely love it, though. I can't wait until the time when I can be a bit of Pied Piper and open the gates and just sort of let them follow me into the garden. And, you know, I tried doing it the other day and they were just so excited of being even a meter outside of the chicken um, wire that they I couldn't get them very far. <laughs> no, they'll get used to it. But while ever we've got people up there with dogs, it's not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. We do have a couple of caravans on the farm in the summer months. And yeah, they do bring their dogs and things. So that's why we've got the chicken wire out, really. That and Mr. Fox. Yeah, we have to be vigilant. So are you enjoying all the things I've been growing in the garden? I should say, yeah. We're having such a bumper crop now, aren't we? Just had some for lunch. Lovely salad. Fresh tomatoes, fresh cuke and fresh lettuce. Mm. Yeah, the whole salad was from us. Mm. I found some mouldy old Charlotte potatoes in the back of my cupboard, which I have planted into pots and they're starting to sprout out as well. So we might have some Charlottes for uh, Christmas time. That'd be nice. They're looking very healthy, actually. You thought we could only grow potatoes certain seasons of the year, but I did hear from someone that potatoes can actually be grown all year round. Oh, right. Well, there you go then. I'm learning too. I have got the bug now where I don't want to throw anything away. So if I find some mouldy old potatoes, I'd rather try and put them in the ground and see if they'll grow something. Well, it makes sense. They stick out their eyes, don't they? They grow those long squiggly bits. So why, you know, that's what they're trying to do is grow. So stick them in some soil, see what they do. Totes. And we've got our first courgette coming and the butternut squash, which you're convinced are different seeds. Mum thought I'd bought them in a packet, but I hadn't. I've harvested them all from one or two butternut squashes that I bought in the supermarket and they're just so different aren't they the shrubs versus the tendrils up the wall the leaves are different too the ones that are growing tall have like a silver stripe vein in the leaf and then you've got these squat bushy ones that are just all green with no stripes in the leaves at all and they're growing those little squashed up squashes that literally look like their name they're not butternut they're not growing into long thin things there. maybe that's how they start their life and then yeah. when they're ripe they sort of shoot out that long bit at the end but I know what you mean they don't look anything like a butternut squash right now and they're white in color they're not that beigey color we shall see in episode 21 we watched the bats and last week i put on the instagram we went up into the rafters of the house and we actually saw the bats didn't we which you were very excited about you were worried that they'd been scared off but they're all up there it was lovely to see them shall we listen to 23 and 24 then okay So, episode 23, Heartland. Well, yeah, the water obviously dropped vertically. (laughs) Uh, It it dropped vertically, then there was a horizontal bit of river, then another vertical drop. Yeah, I said uh, horizontal drop. But the rock formation is like, well, obviously it's millions of years ago when all these layers were put down and then, like you say, the tectonic plates were pushing and then it sort of crumpled like a Viennese slice. Yes, it does kind of look like that. And then the sea has worn off the top bit Mm. so you just get the bits sticking out of the grass and the horizontal uh, bits mm. (laughs) yeah you handled it very well or not very well the uh, roads (laughs) I was sending you down yes there were a few shrieks we were climbing up and down all these hills in the car steep bends single track no road all been washed away I mean we were in the middle of a wooded area where obviously in the winter time the water would just be cascading down over the roads and washing away all the tarmac and um, poor old car was you know I don't think there's any shock absorbers left on it now (laughs) 
But uh, we got there in the end. Quite exciting drive. I love that we started our adventure basically at the pub. (laughs) Isn't that what we always do? Yeah. I mean, we did try and do something before, but I basically do not type in Speaks Mill Mouth Waterfall into Google because it will just take you to this very strange little road where you can't park there. So go to Heartland Quay and walk from there along the south coast pathway. That's the way to do it. No, it was a great day. It was lovely. Harry was a great gentleman and helped me down the rugged, steep bits. I needed his steadying hand, but it worked well. While David and I marched off into the sunset. Yeah, you were disappeared in a cloud in the distance. (laughs) I'm trying to keep up with his long legs and then we turn around and you guys are nowhere to be seen. Harry's usually the one that I'm trying to keep up with, but he was very good. He stayed behind and looked after his dear old mum. What did you think about this episode being in sort of loving memory of dad? Oh, it was special. Very, very special. Smash smashing and special yeah no it was good bless him he'd have loved to have listened to what you said and it's true isn't it that he used to live just at the bottom of this hill which i never realized he was, he was born, born at the bottom of this hill and then his parents sold that house and moved into outskirts of the local town and then um he came back here onto this farm yeah he just loved this area didn't he yeah yeah absolutely he was known by all his friends as Dave could be a problem May because whenever there was something on, he would always say, I might have a slight problem that day because he would always put the farm first. So there was always a, a, it could be a problem. Could be a problem. I'll try and be there, but it could yeah. be a problem. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, but he did like his sport. And like you said, he was great at water skiing and skiing and he would water ski without getting his clothes wet. He could take off from a jetty not having been in the water take off from a standing start and then like you say when he came back in he would just let go of the towing rope and glide into the shore and then just step off it was a bit like you know he could have been a james bond i was gonna say yeah. it sounds like james bond yeah, very who's impressive. really like that yeah. i tried water skiing and i just could not keep the strength in my arms i couldn't get out of the water it was a complete disaster so i said no i'll just watch you you carry on but when we went skiing he would ski down a mountain it would be bottom out arms waving around in the desert. <laughs> But <laughs> there was one story where he, he went skiing down with some friends and got terribly close to the um, hotel and all the snow from the car park was obviously banked up where they'd cleared the car park for the cars. And he hit this bank and went over, did a double somersault and landed between the cars. Oh, my God. <laughs> didn't break anything. Didn't break anything, no. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> I love it. So I obviously get my love of water from dad because you're not a big, you're not very confident in the I'm water. I'm not very confident in the water, no. Your dad was a daredevil. He would try anything. You said to me this week, your optimism astounds me. Yes, exactly right. Yes, that's exactly the, the sentence I use. Yes, well, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what it was about. No, I can't either. When we were telling stories at dad's funeral, a local farmer said to me afterwards, he'd been trading with him and farming with him on this hillside for all these years. And he said to me, I realised at the funeral, I actually didn't know David very well at all because he did all those things. I had no idea. You just know each other from farming, don't you? You don't realise he's this daredevil. Sheep and cows and hay and stuff. He had no idea that your dad was up to all those other things. Amazing. Yeah. Should we crack on to the mm. final episode of this five series? <laughs> there you go. So that was a farm heavy episode, wasn't it? Oh, I should say, yeah. We covered quite the few topics. Any glaring errors? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
So what was the first topic? Oh, trash. Oh, trash. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I tried not oh. to be too preachy about it. You can't be anything other than preachy. I mean, it is soul destroying the amount of rubbish that one picks up, really. Yeah. And it is farm contractors as well. So even people that work the land and love the land and appreciate the land, even they do it. So you just feel yeah. like you're fighting a losing battle, don't yeah, you? Absolutely right. And it's very disappointing. But then, you know, we do our best to recycle everything. And how many people actually bother spit in the ocean? Yeah. The mites. The mites. Oh, the mites. Oh, that was horrendous. It really was grim. And Although the individual mites didn't have a colour, when you saw them all bunched together, they were red. Horrifying. Yeah. They obviously come out at night, munch on the chickens, and then go back into hidey holes in the folds of the curtains. I've got rid of all the wooden blocks now in the coop. We burned all the um, yep. tea towels and all the curtains that we'd made. We started afresh, you know, completely mucked out the bedding, took it right back to the foundations, yep. basically. <laughs> Got the sterilizing kit out and sterilized all their metal boxes and everything and got rid of all the wood. It's now streamlined in there. It looks much better. Yeah. And they look much happier as well. They're not so red and angry on their no. skin. I suppose it's like it's the chicken equivalent of human bed bugs. Not that I've ever had bed bugs, but you hear stories of Victorian times where they would, you know, the bugs are obviously in the mattress and they would crawl out, eat on you in the night and then crawl back into the mattress in the day. I think house. it's very difficult to get rid of bed bugs mm. once you have them don't they mm. moving swiftly on <laughs> <laughs> what was i gonna say yeah i did say in the episode talcum powder i'm not spraying them with talcum powder we emptied out an old talcum powder bottle yes. and used that to squirt them so because it was, it was a yeah. Yeah, yeah so we could puff it onto them up under their wings and to be fair since the birds have been much happier they've started laying more eggs yes because um i'd only just said in a previous episode how the chickens weren't bothering to lay anything but actually if they go off lay it is a major sign that something's wrong. Mm. The six new chickens that we got, they roost somewhere completely different to the other yes. chickens. So my old girls like to actually roost in the nesting boxes, but the new ones actually know to roost up on a ladder. So they're we, out we, of the way. We found an old, um, I think it's an apple picking ladder because it's wider at the bottom and narrow at the top. And so they all climb up. The six new chickens all live on the sleep rather on the top two rungs and they squabble for a pitch at night and they all just balance on the top two rungs of this ladder <laughs> but no red mites can hide on the ladder no exactly yeah there's nowhere for them to hide mm. And it's quite funny, the last couple of days I've been um, I've been at the house and I've let them out in the morning and I've noticed that little Red, um, she's scared of heights. She likes to fly up onto things and she doesn't like to get down. So I come through in the morning, everybody else runs out and she's still at the very top rung of the ladder like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So I've just been sort of grabbing her and putting her on the floors. But yeah, that was pretty horrible. I keep checking if there's any mm. sign of the Red Mites and I think we have obliterated them for good. Um, the Combine Harvester moving, that was quite epic. It was yep. so wide in the the road it barely fit down the lane well the reason we had to go through that top gate and then down over the grass field to the bottom is that the rest of the lane was even narrower and you've got so many overhanging trees it wouldn't have got down through the lane so we had to cut in across the field which meant having to drive over some of the wheat yes small price to pay on the saturday night the very last field that you had to combine the fire engines got called to you i was suddenly aware of blue flashing light i could see it out of the sitting room window and then i had a phone call from nigel it it was half past 10 at night and they were aiming to finish the field and that would have been the end of all the combining and they only had about eight acres to do and um, there was an electrical fault 
in the engine and it caught fire. The owner of the combine called the fire brigade and two of them turned out, half past ten at night, and they were there ages. And then eventually they decided to call it a day and then they came back the next day. Nigel said the fire was so small he could have put it out with a bucket of water. But obviously the fire brigade wanted to stick around to make sure because the rest of the wheat field could have gone up in flames, I suppose. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's so dangerous, isn't it? Everything's so dry. Yeah. Um, although maybe not last week because it was so wet. Well, they managed to mend the electrical fault the very next morning and the combining was finished that afternoon. So, Were you well happy done. with the wheat harvest in the end? Yep, it was a very good yield. There was so much of it, we had to drop it all in the middle of the yard, wet, um, which has now had to go through the dryer. So bit by bit, the dryer holds, I think, about 11 tonnes at a time and it takes three or four hours to do each load. Um, then we can stick it in the shed and let it stay there until... Christmas. When Nigel needs to go out and do something, you've been manning the dry, you take up a book to read and sit there and then when it stops you press the button again and reset it and Yeah, absolutely right. He says, Well, you know, you've got to be there because it might catch fire or the belt might flip off or something. You've got to be there in order to just switch everything off. So when he's had to go elsewhere, I've been there reading a book and just looking up over the rim of my reading glasses to make sure it's all still working. Nothing's on on in flames. So did I get it right about, you know, the stock market of grain and do you try and sell things as quickly as possible? You do seem to, the barley and the wheat, you were the first in the area to actually harvest. Yeah, we were the first to go, which was quite something. Is and that because Nigel's the first to drill? He, he gets it in the ground quicker than everybody else? Or? Um, yes, and also on both occasions it was weekend and a lot of people don't want to work weekends. And Nigel doesn't mind. So, you know, if it's fit to go, it's fit to go and you can't worry about whether it's a Sunday or a Monday. You've just got to get on with it. We were able to start and I just managed to catch the market that day. They were desperate for some because nobody else was combining and somebody wanted some wheat. So that was done. But I don't normally sell at harvest time, the price is at rock bottom because a lot of people don't have the dryer situation, so they have to sell it straight off the combine. I can store mine in a shed. So, so but what happens with that? Because you need to sell it at 13%. So what happens if you do harvest it at 20% and you sell it immediately? Do you get oh, you paid get less? Penalised, yeah, big time, because that has to go through a dryer at other time. Most people wouldn't sell it if it was 20% straight off the combine. There is somebody up the road that they can send it to who will dry it for them at great expense. Do you think eventually they'll have um, more ecological versions oh, of a grain dryer? And Yeah, they will. Definitely right. I mean, these companies are working on it all the time. How old is the grain dryer? Mm, I don't know. It's um, Your dad bought that one probably 15 years ago, something like that. So it's coming to the end of its life, I should think. It's been put through its paces. Yeah. There was something that went wrong in the field. We were sat there watching the combine harvester and we were chatting to Nigel. And then I said, oh, why is there no straw coming oh, in the back? Yes, and then he had right. to dash yes. and give him a call yeah. and something got clogged up. Yes, yes. I, I don't understand the workings of a combine, not having got one myself. We always pay somebody else to do that bit. Yeah, I mean, it's so, such a beast mm, of a machine. It is a beast of a machine. So this week, I feel like I actually got off a bit scot-free. You didn't have any major penalising other than the slap on the wrist for still saying herd of sheep. When will I learn? <laughs> well, I don't think probably at this rate you ever will. Oh, God, yes, there's actually no hope at all. <laughs> no hope for you, my lovely. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's everything I got wrong this week, folks. Only a teeny tiny handful of mistakes. Did you guess them all? Maybe there are mistakes that you spotted that we didn't. Let us know. 
In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by the amazing Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys, and thank you for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, hashtag farm life. This week we'll be talking about herding sheep. Not herds of sheep, herding sheep. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.